On today's show, we have the Tower of Power from American Gladiators. Please welcome Tower. Hey, Mike. Steve Hanneberry, Tower from the American Gladiators. Hey, all you Gladiator fans out there. Glad to be here, Mike. Thanks for having me on the show. Everyone, welcome to the Mike Grant Show. And today's special guest is from the American Gladiators. Please welcome Tower. Hey, Tower, how are you? I'm great, Mike. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to have a great time, everybody. We're going to go back down memory lane, talk about American Gladiators, see what Tower has been up to since then. But right now, I want to know a little bit about yourself. So you grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, correct? That's correct. Um, the, the suburbs of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but uh, I always say Milwaukee because if I told you the town I was from, uh, no one would ever know where it is. <laughs> okay. And can you tell us a little bit um, how it was like growing up there? And you played some sports in uh, high school and college as well, correct? Yeah, as a matter of fact, you know, growing up in, you know, on a, on a farm in Wisconsin, um, you know, we just, we worked, we worked hard and, uh, uh, you know, my dreams was to be a professional football player, you know, just like every other young boy. And, uh, but growing up in a small town in Wisconsin, you know, uh, we didn't have the, uh, the training facilities the way kids do today. And uh, so, you know, my, uh, my love of bodybuilding and, and in building my body came through my own aspirations of reading, you know, reading magazines. Uh, we didn't have Google back then, you know, so, you know, I remember just buying magazines and reading about how to, you know, you know, uh, make your chest bigger, grow your legs and that kind of stuff. And that's kind of what launched my athletic career actually is through high school is I wanted to be bigger, faster and stronger. Yes, and you were one of the biggest sized American gladiators as well on the show. Um, how did you get, um, you know, into like, like you made a goal for yourself, correct? As far as you wanted to be Mr. America within 10 years, correct? How That's did you correct. set up yeah. achieving that goal? Well, I, I just remember, Mike, um, in 1979, I bought a muscle fitness magazine and Gary Leonard was on a cover of that magazine. And he was a Mr. America. And all I remember thinking to myself is, God, what, what would it be like to be Mr. America? You know, and it just, I mean, I was about that big around, you know, I could stand behind a telephone pole, but, you know, just something inside me said, okay, you can do this, uh, you know, and just commit to it. So I gave myself 10 years, Mike, to, uh, to be able to, you know, have the opportunity to compete in the Mr. America contest. And, uh, and, uh, and in 1989, uh, you know, I was the tall man, Mr. America. And then you also set out, so to do that, you set out to move across the country, correct? To California? I didn't set out, I kind of fell into it. I was at, in the beginning of my goal, 
um, I was training in Wisconsin, you know, and I had won some local contests back in Wisconsin and just kind of making my my steps to the Mr. America Ultimate um, show and was out here in California and had an opportunity to uh, uh, to move to California. And, you know, uh, I mean, again, this is the Mecca, the Mecca of bodybuilding. You know, it's like I saw I was like a kid in a candy shop you know, just looking around and seeing, you know, the equipment variations, the knowledge. And so it was just what an opportunity I had. And I jumped at it, you know, just so I packed up a U-Haul and uh, my 19, uh, I think it was that 1983 Trans Am and uh, went across country. And when you first came to California, what were some of the differences you noticed as opposed to living in Wisconsin? Uh, well, they didn't hunt out here. <laughs> You know, I mean, again, I was brought up a country boy. Uh, you know, we, you know, we we hunted, we fished, and you know, we did we did did it all. We camped, and that was a little less uh, less um, acceptable out here. Um, but you know, it, it was okay because I was so embellished in my in my goal and my dream. And uh, so, I mean, I you know was working towards my goal every day. You know, um, you know, I canceled dates. Uh, you know, because I had to train or I had to get up or I had to rest, uh, you know, people don't realize, you know, and that's our biggest problem in society today, Mike, is nobody knows how to accomplish anything because number one, they don't, they don't ever commit to something and then they don't stay consistent. And, uh, you know, I use the word commitment and consistent in all aspects of my life, you know, my marriage, if, I, if I'm not committed and I'm not consistent, my marriage ain't going to work. Um, you know, raising kids, if you don't stay consistent, guess what? So if you think about that commitment and consistency in life, it's more than just Steve Henneberry working out for and training for the Mr. America. It's a way of life. And when you were out there as well, eventually you opened a gym, correct? Or you ran a gym? Well, yeah, I worked. I, I worked. Um, I had the opportunity to invest some money into a gold gym in San Diego. So um, I had the opportunity to work at the gym be at the gym, train. So it was a, it was a no brainer for me, you know? And uh, so it was, you know, it was a great opportunity. And then eventually you also got a job at Universal Studios playing Conan, correct? Yeah, but before Conan, um, uh, I got hired on at SeaWorld. I was the king of Muscle Beach. And the, actually the producers of Conan were at SeaWorld. They saw me and they approached me and I, then they invited me to come up and audition for the role of Conan um, at Universal at the live tour. Now, is that where you got discovered for American Gladiators since it was on Universal Studios? No. Or did that come about differently? That came about differently, uh, Mike. The, I was actually on a photo shoot for Muscle Fitness Magazine and um, the photographer said to me, hey, you know, you're in great shape right now. They're holding auditions for this new, new show that's coming out. And I remember he hands me a VHS tape, <laughs> a VHS mic. <laughs> and um, so I was living in San Diego. We were shooting up here in Woodland Hills at the Muscle Fitness uh, old headquarters. And uh, I remember going home and I got home late. That, it was the very next day they were holding auditions. So that meant I had to jump back in a car and drive up to LA. I remember getting home late. I was tired. And I popped that VHS in and I go, ah, oh, this is a dumb show. Why would I want to do this? You know, that was my first interpret of the pilot. And, uh, but something inside of me said, Steve, get in the car, get your ass up to, to Universal Studios and audition. 
And uh, so lo and behold, I got in a car and um, I remember, you know, getting there and, uh, and there was a line all the way around the block. I think every bodybuilder in the West Coast was showing up for this audition. I wasn't the only one that was auditioning. And uh, I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go. It's going to be a hurry up and wait thing all day long. And, you know, so, but I stuck it out, you know, I stuck it out and made it through the first uh, preliminary, uh, you know, test. You had to do pull-ups and you had to run a four-yard dash. You had to do uh, like a shuttle, a shuttle drill back and forth. So made it through those. And because I always consider myself a pretty good athlete, you know, at the time I was 305 pounds at six, four. So I, you know, I, I moved pretty good for the size. And uh, so I just remember, you know, sitting, meeting with the producers, you know, at the, because they, I went to the next, the next phase. So I'm standing and they had this whole table of producers and the first question they asked me is, you know, why do you think we should choose you? And, and it's not that I was being cocky or anything, Mike, but I just said, look around here. And they're like, what do you mean? I says, look around. What do you see? And I mean, there's, you know, bodybuilders all over, big guys, big girls all over. You go, we don't understand your, your question. I said, they're all short. They're all small. I says, I, I'm the biggest guy here. I says, and I want to be the tower of power. They looked at me and they go, okay, you can go over here. <laughs> so, you know, again, it's not that I was being cocky or, I mean, I just visualized something different for the show. Yep. So that's awesome. So basically you, you made your own name then tower. I did. Yeah. I brought the name tower and uh, matter of fact, you know, uh, laser and I both, we trademarked our names uh, down the road after we were working together for a while. Uh, because we just knew that we were onto something. It's interesting, Mike, because just prior to uh, just prior to uh, uh, you know you know Arnold you know was kind of my mentor throughout the years, and <laughs> before you know the show getting super super popular, my very first day on the set, or you know for being called for the show, uh, they were filming Kindergarten Cop on the studio right next to us. <clears throat> And uh, I don't know if you remember that show with that movie with Arnold, but uh, I just remember them knocking on my trailer door or my dressing room door. And they said, you know, Tower, we need you on set. So it's like my first day, I'm eager beaver, you know, and uh, never been at a really an active set before. And so I go running out to go do my, you know, my call and I run right into Arnold and he looks at me and uh, he goes, looks at me. He goes, you're that guy that's on the magazine right now, that big guy. Well, coincidentally, my muscular development cover just happened to hit the shelves. And Arnold, I'm on the cover. Now, Arnold's down in the corner uh, marketing his Total Recall movie. You know, and uh, he goes, uh, you look good. He goes, come to my trailer. He goes, come to my dressing room. He goes, we need to talk. And uh, so I looked at him. I look at the set. And I mean, who the hell do you choose? I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger's invite me to his place. And I said, Arnold, they want me on set. He goes, oh, go, go, go. Come back when you're done. So, the, I mean, so the whole time I'm out there, I'm trying to, you know, perform and do my job. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, Arnold wants to see me. Arnold wants to see me. I'm going to go see Arnold after this, you know. I don't know what I was more excited about, you know. When, uh, so, uh, so I remember going over there, knocking on his door, and he invites me in. And he asked me if I want a cigar. And I said, no, I'm working, you know, no, thank you. And he just says to me, he said, uh, he goes, bodybuilding, he goes, no money in bodybuilding. 
And I look at him and he goes, become a household name. That's where the money is. And I really didn't understand, Mike, what he was talking about. But, you know, two years later, you know, the show's the number one syndicated show in America, or, you, know, you know, pretty much across the world. And uh, that words of encouragement that he gave me become a household name made bling bling sense to me, you know. And that, I got to say, is just, it, it's, it never has left my mind what he told me that day. And he took the time and you know, we were talking about short little guys versus big guys like us. And he goes, oh, when, when he goes, when we put our arms out there, our arms are like this. He goes, bam, and they're big. And he goes, those short little stubby guys, they got stubby little arms. <laughs> you know, so a total prankster, you know, you know, had the opportunity, you know, after that to really kind of travel a lot with him uh, for some Planet Hollywood grand openings across, across the country, uh, Hawaii, Orlando, San Diego. We did a bunch of stuff together. We had a lot of fun doing it. So, and believe it, I mean, he he was always just a total prankster and took me in like I was one of, you know, one of one of his long, long lost friends. That's awesome. I mean, that must have been a great moment. I mean, you see Arnold Schwarzenegger of all people, one of your idols sitting there and giving you that advice. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's like I couldn't have written a a script better than that, you know, how how I got into the business type thing, you know? Um, I mean, because here's the thing, I didn't come to California to be an actor. I honestly didn't. I came out here because I wanted to be a bodybuilder, you know? And then I remember leaving, my folks even said, my dad tells me, he goes, he goes, he goes, you'll be back. He goes, there's uh, you'll never make a living on what you're doing. And uh, so that also kind of pushed me too, is uh, that I wasn't, you know, you know, damn, you know, damn him for not believing in me and damn him again for telling me that I couldn't do something. You know, and, uh, you know, you tell me I'm not, I can't do something, you know, I'm going to do it 10 times better. And now when you got cast on the show, originally, were you an alternate gladiator? Like one of the gladiators yes. waiting in the wings, correct? Correct. And, you know, Mike, and that was a hard position to be in. You know, of course, I wanted to get out there and do what I, what I want to do. But in order for me to do that, someone had to go down and get hurt. So, you know, you, they, they wanted you on set, but it's like you were on set. The other gladiators felt some of the other gladiators felt that you know you know towers over there just waiting for me to go down. So it was kind of a rock between a rock and a hard spot position, you know. And um, it was tough, but you know something. Listen, you know every you know every uh, uh, I guess every top athlete you know starts somewhere or they're you know they're a backup somewhere. You know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, was back up to Brett Favre for how long, or Tom Brady was back up to Drew Bledsoe, you know, so every top athlete has that moment where they get, then they get that opportunity. Yep. And so basically Turbo got injured and then you correct. stepped in, correct? And correct. then Turbo, Turbo had a nasty, nasty, and it's like, I mean, it was, it was a bad knee injury. You know, I just felt so bad for him, you know, that uh, the pain he was in and just, it was a horrific knee injury. And then when you got cast, you replaced him, but then he came back. So what happened? So then they decided to keep you as well on the set yes. is what they did. Yes. Yeah. They, they, uh, uh, they, there was a, a couple, a couple seasons there where I don't think Gemini or Nitro uh, came back. They, they had their, uh, they had held out for something and they didn't bring them back for a couple seasons. And um, so it was, you know, it was a kind of a, um, we were 
we all were friends. You know, we were, I wasn't in competition with Turbo or I wasn't in competition with Laser or Nitro. You know, listen, we both had, we both had a job to do and we were all competitive athletes. We hated to lose. Uh, I mean, you talk to Laser, you know, I'm sure he told you, I mean, Laser was probably one of the toughest that I've ever, you know, had the pleasure of working with. And, uh, you know, he's just a headbanger and he takes it really serious. Yeah, and everybody's, you know, everybody's competitive with one another, obviously. However, you're all kind of rooting for each other to do well. You know, you're all different people, which just like a lot of people don't understand too. Just like when you go out for an acting job, let's say, even though you're in competition with somebody, you're really not in a way because you're all different, you know? So you're going out there and you're just being yourself, basically. Yeah, you know, listen, I, I didn't have to, I played who I am. I didn't have to become a character. You know, I was the good old boy, you know, the, the, the gentle giant, um, you know, but, you know, you push my buttons, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to kick your ass, you know, and, um, but yeah, I didn't have to play a character, you know, and that's the thing that when, the, when they tried doing a relaunch of the show, um, you know, that they, these guys came out howling and crawling on the ground and trying to become these characters, you know, and, uh, you know, every one of us, whether it was Gemini, Nitro, Laser, Turbo, myself, Thunder, you know, Thunder had the blonde hair or he flung it. That's who Billy was. I mean, I know Billy for, I knew Billy for years, but that's who was Billy. And Laser had that, that military straight, the, uh, that flat haircut. And, you know, he just had that, uh, that look about him. We were, we were ourselves. There wasn't any of us that played a character. Now, speaking of the injury that uh, Turbo had, eventually you did later on have an injury as well um, with Saber. You guys collided, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had I received forty-four stitches in my in my forehead here. Um, It was just a freak a freak accident, Mike. Um, You know, I was we were playing Powerball, had a guy wrapped up, and Saber came over to high on the top, and he we collided heads. And uh, I mean, I had. I had several injuries on the show. I mean, I had 14, 14 major surgeries that were directly related to the American Gladiators. Broke my nose twice, uh, tore my pec right off the bone. Um, so, but those are things because we were superheroes bigger than life that the producers didn't want us to, uh, to show. We, you know, we had a, we, the, the audience couldn't see us that we were hurt. And that was the hard part about the, you know, you know because we, with the, if we, if we wanted to get paid, you know, we had to perform. Yep. I mean, you guys definitely were real life superheroes at the time. And yeah. what I want to ask you about as well is about the hosts of the show. You had great announcers there, Mike Adamley oh. and Larry Zonka. Can you tell us a little bit what it was like working with them? Oh, you know, Zonka was, a, you know, was a legend. I mean, and that guy, I mean, that guy, you shake, he's got like knee hooks for hands. I mean, I've got big hands but he's got sausages for fingers and he shakes your hand as, you know, and, uh, and he, and Mike Adamley was probably the most well-spoken knowledgeable individual that uh, I had the pleasure to work with. I mean, I mean, he could, he could articulate a commentate, um, you know, just about anything. And it was, and it was believable and uh, understandable. He didn't just, you, you hear some of these commentators, uh, when they're commentating, whether it's football, they're babbling, they're blabbing, they're not making any sense. They're killing time. Mike Adamley just had a unique tact about himself where he made it very conversational and also um, informative. Yep. 
And there were many different gladiators over the years. I'm just going to name some of them right now um, that worked with you. You had Nitro, Laser, Turbo, Saber, Hawk, Rebel, Gemini, Cyclone, so many of these. Um, can you tell me, and those were, those were just the male gladiators, and of course you had so many female gladiators as well. Um, can you tell me um, what are some of your favorite memories of working with the other gladiators? And was there any gladiators in particular that you were best friends with? Well, I mean, it was, it, first of all, it, I was so blessed to have the opportunity to be Tower on the number one show and have the opportunity to work with the Geminis, the Nitros, the Hawks, the Lasers and Turbos and so on and so forth. But, you know, Laser and Nitro are probably have been my, you know, my go-to people even 30 years later. Uh, Laser and I are still, you know, best of friends. You know, he's he's like a brother to me. You know, and uh, and I and I can I could probably bet that he feels the same about me. I mean, we've uh, been through a lot together, he and I. And uh, you know, Nitro and I. You know, we've we've I've known Nitro for she's for thirty plus years as well. And uh, I just recently helped uh, Danny and uh, and his uh, his lady Kim uh, get a house up in you know in up in uh, northern uh, Los Angeles. And um, so, yeah, we're still close, tight. Nitro still checks in with me, you know, weekly, uh, you know, so yeah, it's, it's been great. Okay, and there were so many great events. I wanna go through some of these events with you and get some of your memories. Um, the first one, my personal favorite event, I don't know which one's your favorite, we're gonna ask you, but my personal favorite was Powerball. Yeah, Powerball was, was just a headbanging, headbanging, um, it's the one that we all got injured on the most. It really was. I mean, we, you know, it, that was just, uh, that was rugby and football without pads, you know, I got to say. But, uh, um, you know, if you wanted to take it out on a contestant because they, they pissed you off on something, Powerball was the place to do it. The joust. Well, the joust was my personal favorite. I mean, I, um, throughout the seasons and in the live tours that we did I was 150 and O in the joust. Never lost. Awesome. And what so, would you say was the secret to winning the joust? First blow. First blow. Yeah. So you had to time the whistle and um, and get in their face. As, so when the two platforms are on the you know that were stood on, I stood all the way to the front of the platform. So my pugil stick was right in his eyes, pretty much. So he couldn't see. And instead of me swinging back, I would just come up with the with the pugil stick and hit him right between the legs or on the uh, in the knees, right when the whistle blew. And so they were already going backwards. The assault. You know, assault was people love the assault. Um, you know, it was it reminded me of hunting back in Wisconsin. You know, and uh, again, you know, uh, it was fun. Uh, you know, that tennis ball came out of there, you know, 90 to 100 miles an hour. And uh, uh, it's funny, that that's probably the number one game that people reference to when they bring up, when they, you know, when they talk about the American Gladiators is, oh, yeah, I remember that, that show. Uh, the, uh, that's the one where they shot those tennis balls out of the gun. That's the first thing that they always reference. Wow, that's amazing that that's the first one, because I definitely pick it in the top. But I always, yeah. I always think of Powerball and Joust first before I think of Assault, even though I love the Assault as well. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a great game, though, the Assault. And then I want to know the wall. Was it more difficult for you because of your size going up the wall? Was that as a disadvantage or did that help you at all? Oh, yeah. The laws of gravity, uh, Mike, were not in my favor. 
I mean, I prayed that they struggled going up the wall um, and, and that I didn't have to go up very far because, again, at 305 pounds, um, it put so much pressure on my elbows and, and, you know, my shoulders just, you know, pulling myself up. So that was one, probably one of my least, least favorite events. And what about hang tough? Uh, that, that game, I love that game because that just, with my wingspan, you know, it allowed me to just move fluently and, uh, um, you know, come across the, the rings. And uh, matter of fact, that was one of the games they were launching hang tough. Uh, if I remember correctly, my first year on the show. So I was able to demo that game, you know, um, when they were in the, the development stages. So uh, hang tough was an awesome game. Atlasphere. Atlasphere, you know, that, that was, was brutal. I mean, that you walk out of there, you're, you're, you're drenched. I mean, because you have, I, I believe it was 45 seconds or maybe it was 60 seconds of just nonstop, just, ch- you know, pumping with your legs, you know, and, uh, and when those balls hit, I mean, they, they collided, you know, I remember one time Gemini hit so hard on, on, um, on his ball, it crushed the side of the, um, of, of the cage in, and I remember he uh, fell in the cage and, that, and it, it cut his glute. The gauntlet. The gauntlet was, uh, you know, that was just kind of a, uh, it was a, just a headbanging, headbanging uh, movement. It's just straightforward. You knew what you were getting. They knew where we were. Um, so the objection there was just to get that, hit him with that first blow to try to knock him back. Um, you know, um, uh, Larry, the, the ref, wouldn't let us hold him down because we had to get off him. So it was all about that first hit, um, whether you had the you had the, the pads in your hand, uh, you know, you hit a bam, bam real quick just to try to knock their stride off a little bit. Now, the game that every gladiator has said is their least favorite on this show so far, Human Cannonball. Yeah, that was brutal. I mean, that that you were just a sitting duck. Literally, I mean, uh, I, I forget what they calculated out that that, you know, 195 pound guy, when by the time he swings, I think it was like three times the body weight at the time of collision. So, you know, again, you just had a, a, that was a timing one also that you had to time it just right uh, to try to deflect it. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's no way around it. You're taking a hit. The maze. Uh, the maze was, uh, again, a just a, it was luck of the draw for the whatever the route that the contestant took um and it was just a matter of you had that first it's about that first blow to them because again the ref would not did not want us to push them down on the ground to hold them you just had to hit them real quick and and let them go the pyramid uh the pyramid was another one that just took it out of you because you were just uh uh you know uh, if if someone got by you man you had to make up ground uh you know, again, at 305 pounds, I mean, I mean, moving up those those things in, uh, versus a 150 pound guy, he doesn't sink as much in the in the mats. Uh, laser broke my nose in that game. Um, he we came down. This was <laughs> I'll never forget this. I told him I said, "Don't hit my nose, don't hit my face." And lo and behold, we both wrapped up with our, our contestants. We tumbled all the way down, and we got to the bottom map. Bam! He hits me right in the nose, broke my nose. Oh boy. Now this one, I'm sure you did well at the tug of war. Yeah, that was, you know, that one there again was, again, it's about technique, technique for the, uh, 
and the gladiator, you know, we had, you know, more opportunities to practice this stuff versus the contestants. So it was that first, that first tug, uh, you know, uh, at the whistle. Whiplash. Whiplash, again, that was first, it's the first reaction to it. Uh, I broke my wrist in that game, um, you know, where I had to have surgery. Um, that was, uh, you know, because you were tied into this, this, this T-bone. And the whole idea is to try to yank it out. So I just remember twisting and then I just feel, I felt my wrist just go like that. And swing shot. Love that game. Love that game. Because uh, again, I always wanted to make sure, you know, that it's that first jump again at my weight, make sure they had enough bungees on there. So I always made sure I, with the rigor, I always made sure that I went to the same rigor that knew if I had four bungees or three bungees, I forget what it was, that it was rigged correctly. Because the first time, if there's not enough bungees, you're going all the way down. So I love that game because you could just, you, as you pull up on that bungee cord, just it would just shoot you up like a rocket. And now, did you have a favorite contender or a favorite opponent on the show that you loved competing against? Um, I mean, there was a, a, a chiropractor down in Orange County, I think Knox, I think his name was, uh, um, which was, he was a pretty, pretty agile athlete. Uh, you look at the guy, he just looks like he, he was a chiropractor. He just looked, he looked like a, but boy, that guy could move. That guy could move. Tommy, Tommy Knox, I think it was. Wow, that's like 37 years ago. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, did, cause I know you guys had to be separated from the contenders. You weren't allowed mm -hmm. to talk to them during the filming. Um, after the filming, were you guys allowed to go up to the contenders and socialize with them or anything? Yeah. I mean, it was, it wasn't a cutthroat type, you know, situation backstage. I mean, we were in one section, they were in another section. Um, so yeah, I mean, after the competition, we'd always go, go over, you know, uh, take pictures with their families and stuff like that. Uh, uh, again, I believe that's why the show was so popular is because we weren't, we weren't these, you know, uh, like the wrestling, those guys are, you know, you know, they're talking to them. We were, the crowd loved us because we were human. Did you ever go a little easy on an opponent and maybe throw a competition or give them an, uh, give them a win, even though you're competitive? Did you ever have an off day that you can remember? No, I, I, you know, listen, I, I'm a competitive athlete. Um, you know, winning was, you know, winning is, is uh, where it's at. And, you know, if someone beat me, it's because they were, you know, they got by me because they were their superior athlete at the time. And American Gladiators was so popular back in the day. You know, they had a home game that I remember. They had, they spun off a kid's version, Gladiators 2000, and a whole bunch of things um, that happened with it. And you did get to you do- did an some, album? Yep, that's right, the soundtrack, I remember that. And then, um, can you tell us about any appearances that you remember? Did you go out and um, go to malls or anywhere like that, or autograph signings that you did? Any particular memories of that? Yeah, I mean, the, the great thing about when it comes with it being on number one show is people want to see you and greet with you and meet with you. And uh, I don't know what I still to this day, I don't know what someone wants a tower picture for a tower poster, what they did with it. But 
Um, yeah, you know, Laser and I kind of teamed up a lot, and uh, I went out a lot with Zap on a bunch of uh, appearances. But we would do car shows, uh, Comic Con. Uh, Laser and I went to Tokyo, uh, went to London for appearances. I mean, so we had the opportunity to travel across the country, you know, across the world, actually, uh, doing paid appearances. Yep, and we'd love to see the American Gladiators do more appearances because there's a new, I don't know if you've heard about this convention that's in Hartford, Connecticut that they do now, 90s Con. Did you hear about that? No. Yes, because I, I actually, I mentioned it to, to Dan, to Nitro. I told him, I said, you got to get all the Gladiators at 90s Con. The fans would love that. That would be kind of cool. We should, uh, well, once, you know, once our documentary hits, that might be something that uh, there'll be, uh, you know, people will want to see it. Yep. So we're going to talk about your documentary in a little bit. The first thing I want to ask you, though, is speaking of the appearances still, another fun appearance that you guys made was with the late Ray Combs on Family Feud. And I want to know, what are your memories of Family Feud? You know, it's, I was kind of the ringleader of Family Feud. I don't know if you, if you saw the episode. Uh, I remember uh, Metrics was one of my sponsors at the time. And I remember bringing a box of Metrics out and making a joke that, that if he drinks one of these a day that he could get to uh, be as big as me. And because he was a real little guy. And I remember the whole time he stood on the box of metrics, the whole entire show. It was hilarious. Um, but yeah, we, I, I think the guys beat the girls, uh, or, you know, overall money that uh, are uh, points in, through, for the game itself. Um, it was fun. I mean, I still watch Family Feud to this day because uh, it just was a great memory. Yep. The Family Feud was awesome. And why did you leave American Gladiators? Why were you no longer a gladiator at one point? You know, the injuries, the injuries um, uh, really took a toll on my body. And I, I had an opportunity, I, you know, fell, you know, through, you know, through the seasons of doing the Gladiators, Mike, you know, I was doing commercials, I doing some episodic stuff on TV and some movies. And I just had an opportunity uh, to, I wanted to pursue a different type of acting. And, uh, you know, I felt that uh, it was time for me that when I could still walk and, uh, you know, and still be able to put my, my pants on, uh, that it was time for me to, to move on. Now, one show that you were on, I have to go back. I haven't had a chance to research and see, but I'm definitely going to go back and try to find you in it. I want to know what was it like and what episode were you in from Married with Children, a classic show that a lot of famous people got their start on Married with A lot of people I've interviewed on this show, I can tell you, have been on Married with Children. Yeah, it, um, I was Peggy Bundy's one of one of Peggy Bundy's fantasies. Then um, um, uh, Ed, Ed O'Neill was was fantasizing about Pamela Anderson, and then she was fantasizing about a bunch of hunky hunky men. I I was one of the hunky men, you know, on the show. Okay, and you know what? I bet was that the one that also had Becky Mullen? I don't recall. Where, yeah. where I think that could have been the same episode. I I think I know what episode that that could possibly be. So that's funny. I'm going to have to go back and I'm going to have to watch. <laughs> and then another show that you got on, you were kind of part of history of a television network called the WB. Yeah. Because you actually got cast in one of their first shows. They had, it was a new network that came out and they had um, the Wayans Brothers, Parenthood, Unhappily Ever After, and then this show called Muscle. So tell us about that. Yeah, that was that was just a a, a great uh, again, kind of stumbled into that, and uh, got cast on there as Sam Pippen, um, one of the regulars, and uh, 
you know, it, I, I was this naive bodybuilder. I kind of was, uh, it was an easy, easy role to play. And uh, uh, we did 13 episodes. It was a Whit Thomas production. Uh, Whit Thomas was the original producers from Cheers. Uh, great production company, great group of guys, uh, a great organization. And uh, thought for sure the show was going to get picked up. And we were told it was going to get picked up. And um, I guess uh, uh, WB gave a commitment for uh, for 13 episodes. Whit Thomas wanted 26. And uh, they said, oh, are we going to pull it? And WB said, no, we're, we're sticking with 13. And, and and so they said, okay, we're pulling the plug. And little did I know that like two weeks after they started production on the Wayne's Brothers, they gave them an additional 13 show pickup. So they with Thomas would have got the 26. But uh, um, you know, it, it was fun. I had an opportunity to work with some great people on there. You know, uh, uh, Alan Ruck was on that show. Uh, um, Dan Gautier uh, was on that show. Uh, uh, gosh, just you look at people, character actors, they were, um, there was a lot of great uh, talent on that episode, on that program. Yep. And then um, Jerry Levine was on Jerry there as Levine. well. And yeah, what's yeah. funny, a little bit of trivia, I'm going to throw it out there because I'm a trivia knowledge geek here, is Jerry and Alan actually were on a couple of years prior with another Whit Thomas show called Going Places, mm-hmm. which was on TGIF on ABC. The kind of we we TJF fans know it as the show that killed just the ten of us that never came back because it replaced it. But that show eventually got canceled. But on that show was Heather Locklear, uh-huh. and your show Muscle was kind of almost like a parody of Melrose Place in a way too, sort of like a sitcommy yep. version, which is kind of funny. And David, I'm sorry, how do you say his name? Go Gautier. Gautier. Yes. He was also in an episode of Melrose Place. So it all kind of comes back together to Melrose Place in, in yeah. a way, which I th- think is kind of interesting here. Yeah, yeah. And now, too, you did have an opportunity that didn't happen, but I want to hear your side of the story. Um, Laser shared with us about you guys had the chance to become WWE champions, but it did not happen. Well, it was it was a WWF a worldwide or WWF at the time, WWF. Yes. Yeah. So um, I I met with uh, I met with um, Vince McMahon and his team in New York. And um, listen, you know, did I fit the character? Absolutely. But I just didn't. I mean, I got out of the show because of injuries, and uh, I just didn't want to be on the road for many weeks out of the years they wanted us. And plus, I had to be a loser for I mean X amount of months or, you know, I think it was a year. And I just, I just felt now I'm going to, I'm going to pass. So, uh, I, and I remember that was when, uh, when the rock was still uh, Dwayne Johnson. Yep. And, and just like laser had said on this show too, which, which is true, you know, you guys are, you're competitive by nature that you don't want to act, you know, you want to really win, you know, Correct. your, your battles, which, which I can understand, but there, there could have been a laser tower championship. Could have happened, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, now there is talk also about, even though there was that 2008 version that where they, you know, they made characters out of the gladiators, it wasn't the same, but there's talk of WWE bringing it back now. And I want to yeah, know, heard, what are your thoughts of that? I heard, I heard some talks of that. I heard Joe Rogan was... Uh, 
uh, was part of the organization with that. I think it's Joe Rogan. Um, listen, I think it'd be great. Um, you know, I think, I mean, quite frankly, at, you know, at, at 59 right now, uh, I, I think I would love to compete in it still, you know, just, you know, at a different, you know, at a different level, um, possibly, you know, some of the events that are less physical, but I think I can still do the joust. I think I can still get up there and do the assault, no problem. And uh, uh, so, you know, count me in if, if it's coming back. Yep. And then also there is now a Netflix documentary. So can you tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, yeah. It's been uh, this past uh, this past two years has been pretty interesting with Netflix. Uh, you know, we uh, we got this docu-series. Um, I think it's between six and eight episodes. Uh, and it's the American Gladiators then and American Gladiators now. And uh, um, it's it actually, and they got great directors. They got, you know, you know award-winning directors. Uh, a guy from Nacho Libre, I think it is. Uh, or no, what's the, um, the other slapstick uh, uh, stuff that he did? Uh, shoot, just I've been hit too many times in the head. Um, uh, I forget what he's done. Anyway, very well-known directors. Um, and uh, they're really, they're, they really took an in-depth look at us, all of us gladiators, and are putting into an amazing story, um, telling a story about then and now, um, you know, and what I'm doing now, uh, you know, and is, is, is really cool because um, I'm right now, as we're doing this interview, Mike, um, I'm 14 days out from the uh, Masters Nationals in bodybuilding right now. I'm competing in Pittsburgh uh, in, uh, in July here. And what do you think made American Gladiators such a success and that the fans, are you surprised that after all these years, everyone just loves it? I mean, I'm not surprised, but are you surprised Did you think going into this, it was going to turn into what it turned into? No, I mean, it's, it's almost like a cult following. I mean, you, like, I mean, I use, I use American Gladiators in my, in, when I go to the list of home, um, my listing book is my 30 years of life. Um, you know, uh, in, you know, as a gladiator, as Mr. America, as, you know, as an actor, and people look at my listing book, um, and they, uh, and they look at it, and I'll show you one here real quick. So this is my, this is my listing book right here. And it's, it's wrapped with, you know, my gladiator stuff. And when I give it to them, they look at it, they look at me, they look at it again, and then they go, I knew I'd recognize you from somewhere. And what it is, Mike, is it, it's conversation, it's talking piece. <clears throat> now, not only am I a realtor, but I'm a realtor that's been on TV and it's bragging rights for them. So I, I just, you know, my wife, my wife really didn't watch the show very much. And she's blown away if we're at the airport and someone comes by and wants to take a picture with me. She goes, how do they remember that? <laughs> and it's just, it's just, so to answer your question, um, to answer your question, it's just a crazy, crazy thing. What do you think is the most important thing you learned from the show? What did I learn? The most important thing that I learned is, uh, is to suit up and show up and uh, do what you say you're going to do. If you commit to something, do it. You know, if, if it means, you know, um, going to go sign autographs for people. If you committed doing it, go do it just because you may be tired or something. So I think it just you know, suit up and show up. 
Okay, and then you did mention the real estate. Just let everybody know what you, what you've been up to since American Gladiators. Uh, well, you know, I'm in the real estate business. Uh, I'm a realtor here in Southern California, and uh, uh, the name of my company is Big H Homes. And uh, yeah, it's been a great uh, it's been a great run right now. You know, as a realtor, uh, I love doing what I'm doing, and uh, I branded myself as the, uh, uh, the the real fit realtor. And then I'll find you the perfect fit home. So, um, you know, um, my wife and I do these fit tip videos. Um, we release them once a week. Um, and I have different guests on. Laser's been on. Uh, I'm going to be shooting some with Nitro here pretty soon. I'm going to get Zap and Ice on a couple coming up. And um, I've had some NFL players on. I've had, you know, some college quarterbacks on. And it just, what it does is, is it, I take one exercise and we do it in 90 seconds and we show it just, a, it's called a fit tip on it. And uh, it's, um, you know, it's, people remember it. People remember it. And it's not that I'm trying to sell real estate in a fit tip, but I'm embedding in their mind that, oh, this guy sells real estate. Okay, and now it's time to play the lightning round where I'm going to name you two things and you just tell me which one you prefer. Would you rather play air guitar or air drums? Air drums. The ocean or the mountains? The mountains. City life or country life? Uh, hands down, country boy life. Kermit the Frog or Michigan J. Frog? <laughs> Michigan. Good answer. Big Bang Theory or Two and a Half Men? Two and a Half Men, hands down. Would you rather play a pinball machine or play a card game? Pinball machine. Dunkaroos or shark bites? Uh, Dunkaroos. A VHS tape or a CD? A uh, CD. Tetris or Super Mario Brothers? Uh, Tetris. Leg day or arm day? Uh, both. No, uh, loaded, loaded guns. <laughs> Would you rather have a protein bar or a protein shake? Uh, a protein shake. And dumbbells or kettlebells? Dumbbells. Okay, thank you so much for joining us here today. What would you like to say to all the fans who are watching today? Well, Mike, first I want to say thank you for your time and your knowledge. Um, I'm very impressed with your, your, your knowledge of the show and the characters or the, the, the players in it. And uh, what I'd like to say out there is all you fans that are listening to Mike, uh, Mike's show here is I hope you tune into the Netflix documentary. Watch for it. It should be coming out uh, next, uh, this coming spring. Um, and then just uh, let us know what you think of it. Yep. And everybody be sure to follow me on social media and I'll keep you guys updated too. I love Instagram stories. If you check out my stories, I'm always putting things. So I will keep you updated too. When I hear any news on the American Gladiators and the Netflix documentary, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be plugging away on there. So check that out. Um, if somebody wanted to get in contact with you, how can they reach you? They can find me at Big H Homes on Instagram. That's eight, the at sign B-I-G-H-H-O-M-E-S. Okay, and thank you again for joining us. And thank you guys for watching. And we'll talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody.